I believe tonight the word of the Lord is going to help give us some clarity concerning why you've been tried or tested or why things is been going the way it's been going in your life. And why some is frustrated and aggravated. And some has begun to even doubt God. And question God. Our subject tonight is a battle for reality. We want to look at some things in the word of the Lord. Some things uh, to help us to kind of see exactly what is going on and why is it going on. In Matthew chapter 18, in verse 19, Jesus makes this statement. After he made this statement concerning the binding and loosing. Then he goes into verse 19. He says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Now notice here, he said anything, but the key is agreement. He said, if any two agree concerning any anything, not one thing, anything. And a lot of us said, I know I have agreed, but I have not seen. Then have you really agreed? He said, if any two, any two, and notice here, he's, he's putting emphasis on relationship here. If any two agree on earth as touching anything that they what? Anything on earth concerning anything that they will ask, it will, not my it, will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now this also is a form of warfare, and I begin to, Lord begin to show me this this morning, begin to speak to me, and begin to give this to me this morning. Here's a form of warfare, yet he first talks about binding and loosing, then he enters into this agreement thing. The Lord began to show me some things. Um, have you ever noticed that, that in, in the book of Revelations, when it came down to spiritual warfare, that there was war in heaven? Now, 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 if you think about this right here, there was war in heaven, and Satan and his angels was kicked out. Now, 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 if there was warfare, if demons cannot die, well, what kind of warfare was going on? If they cannot die, nor can they be wounded from the perspective of we think, then how did they get kicked out of heaven if there was nobody piercing and sticking someone with a sword because demons are spirits? So therefore, how did they get kicked out of heaven? And here is the warfare that is going on in the earth because a lot of us engage in warfare, but do we really understand what is actually going on? But the Lord began to show it to me this way. There is a law or a principle called the law of replacement. Other words, uh, the Bible said there was no place found. So if there was no place found, then there was a place had to be, a, the, the, the position had to be replaced uh, with the enemies that found no place. Now don't just stick with me if you will concerning this thing. When you come in agreement now notice who's going to make this thing happen. It's, it will be done for them by who? My father whereabout? 
my Father which is in heaven, then the agreement then with the two on earth must be in agreement with the Father that's in heaven. When two people agree on earth with the heart and the mind of the Father which is in heaven, what actually takes place, uh, there is a replacement that is taking place. The position that the enemy once occupied now is replaced by the God that you're in agreement with. I need you to hear me and stick with me tonight. Because let me just listen to me. A lot of things we do is hype if there's no validity of the word of the living God. Truth is the only thing that the enemy respects. He don't respect my opinion. He don't respect absolutely nothing but truth. I'm going to show you something in the word of the Lord tonight. Stick with me if you will. Mark chapter 9 verse 23. Mark chapter 9 verse 23. This is the story concerning Jesus coming from the Mount of Transfiguration. He's coming now with Peter, James, and John. He left his other disciples at the base of the, uh, uh, of the mountain. When he comes down, he sees there was an argument that is going on. And the argument was uh, that a man had a lunatic son. He brought him to his disciples and said, cast my, 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 this demon out of my disciples. And they couldn't cast out of my son, excuse me. And they couldn't cast him out. Jesus, what are you arguing with them about? He said, listen, listen, my son is messed up. And I need help, and your disciples could not help them. Help, help my son. He said, well, what is wrong with your son? She said, well, from a long time, the devil t- throws him in the fire, demon throws him in the fire, tried to kill him, whatever the case may be. He said, bring him to me. And he says to him, Lord, if thou canst do anything, help me today. Jesus turns around and says, no, 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 it's not what I can do. And this is what you don't understand. It's not what the Father can do. It's not what Jesus can do. And you got to get this down pat. It's not what God can do. It's not what Jesus can do. Jesus, it's not what I can do. He said, if thou canst believe, all things is possible to them that believe. It, it ain't on me. It's on you. If you can believe, all things are possible to them that believe. So he said, bring him here. So other words, huh? he said, well, Lord, help thou my unbelief. And then he cast the demon out. Then what is it? The, there must be something about this believing thing. And a lot of us say we believe. Well, we do believe, but we believe in the wrong thing. Because whatever you believe, you are displacing somebody and replacing somebody. Every time you believe. So the moment, the moment that the man believed, he said, Jesus, help thou my unbelief. Then what happened? The demon was replaced with the power and the presence of Jesus, of the Most High God. Are you hearing me? So, so we got to get this thing placed. See, everything is already done. I'm going to show you in the word of the Lord. Turn with me, if you will. This wasn't in, in, in there, but it's going to be in there now. Turn to Hebrews chapter 2. See, we're living in two realities. And, and, and this is the key, the battle for reality. See, this is exactly what it is. See, we're living in two realms, and both realms are a reality. We're living in, living in the reality of the natural, and we're living in the reality of uh, the spiritual. Oh, I say we live in between two realities. Let me put it that way. And you choose what reality that you're going to live in. You either choose to live in the reality of the natural or the reality of the spiritual. Are you hearing me? So you cannot live in both. You choose what reality that you're going to live in. All of us in here. 
And God got us in a situation right now for us to make a choice. What reality am I going to live in? Am I going to live in the reality based on what God has said, what God has promised, what God has spoken? Or am I going to look and live in the reality of what I'm seeing with my natural eyes? A mother, you are frustrated and aggravated. Why? Because what you see. And things is not going the way that God said it because of what you see. But what you see doesn't necessarily mean it have to be. You can change that. You can replace that based on the decision that you make. Are you hearing me today? Hebrews chapter 2. Go there if you will, if you will. Hebrews chapter 2. This wasn't, it's not in the message, but it's in there now. Let me go to Hebrews chapter 2. Let me see. Can I find it? I got it right here. Hebrews chapter 2. Let's look at verse 8, if you will. Therefore, we must give, no, 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 verse 8. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. How many things? All things. What are you challenged with? It's been already placed upon his feet. Poverty has been put up under his feet. Sickness and disease has been put up under his feet. Confusion and division has been placed under his feet. Divorce has been placed under his feet. Lies has been placed under his feet. Character assassination has been placed under his feet. Whatever you are challenged with has already been placed under his feet. The word cannot lie. Notice what it says. But you have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all things, all in subjection under him, he left what? Nothing. Not even the devil himself is not left. Demons is not left. Principalities is not left subject under him. God has put all things under him. I don't care what it is. It has already been placed under him. Watch this right here. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing. Someone said nothing. nothing. That is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him. And that's the problem. What's it right? He put all things under him in one realm of reality. But in another realm of reality, we don't see it. But he said, I put it, but he said, I don't see it. Well, how can I be? You put it, but I don't see it. Next verse. Verse 9. You don't have to see it. But we see Jesus. Oh, 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 you hear me? Even though I don't see what you place under me, he said you don't have to see it. If you can just see Jesus, then the reality of what I place under him will manifest. The problem, the reason you don't see all things is your focus is wrong. Your eyes is on the wrong person. Your eyes is on the wrong thing. Your eyes is on the situation. Your eyes is on the problem. But your eyes is not on Jesus, who the Father has placed all things under him. Even though you say, God, I don't see you. He said, then get a glimpse of Jesus. Then when you get a glimpse of Jesus, what are you getting a glimpse of? How do you see Jesus? How do you see Jesus? But you don't see all things, but you see Jesus. How do you see Jesus? Have anybody ever seen him? Have anybody ever seen him? He said, no. No. Yes, you have. You've seen him tonight. The moment you looked down at that word, you saw Jesus. The word of God became the flesh. Jesus is the word of God. So you said, I never see Yes, you did. You saw him this morning. You saw him tonight. If you brought your Bible, amen. You saw him. 
So every time you look at that word, you see Jesus. Uh, and if you can look at that word and keep your eyes on that word, uh, then Christ, amen, he will manifest who God has placed all things under him. You see Jesus. So we see here in the word of the Lord, we see here, he said, all things are possible to them that believe. Then this belief thing must be powerful then because it releases the possibilities of God. That means no man, no woman, no boy, no girl, nobody in this realm have any control or power nor influence over you if you can just see Jesus. If you can just come to the place and make a decision that I'm going to believe, believing activates another realm. It activates the realm of God or the reality of God. Even though you see the reality of the natural, and now you see the reality of the spiritual. And how do you see the reality of the spiritual? By looking at what? The Word. By looking at what? The Word. By looking at what? The Word. Now, the power here is agreement. Because whenever you come in agreement, you manifest something. I'm going to say it again. Anytime you come in agreement, you manifest something. And that Satan understands this greater than you. That's why he wants you to come in agreement with your feelings and your emotions. And he wants you to come in agreement with what you see, smell, taste, and feel. And you produce or bring it into reality, that thing which is in the natural. Now stick with me if you will. Stick with me. Listen. These principles is what brought me out of poverty, have sustained me, and has kept me. These principles right here. Why do you think the devil fights you so much not getting in this right here? Why do you think who, I guarantee you, if I ask you to raise your hand in here, who is struggling, who is challenged with getting the word, I guarantee you, if you are honest, the majority are going to raise your hand. Because you've got to understand, the devil don't want you to get in this, or, or he'll let you get in this if you're getting in this for the wrong reason. If you're getting in this uh, for you can become intellectually astute, then he don't care. He'll let you gain all of the knowledge that you can as long as you do not live any of this. The power is not in the acquirement of knowledge. That's what you call genosis. The power is in the ability to get this and to apply this. When you apply it, you become the word or the word becomes you. That's how you understand it. And so Satan understands that the man and the woman that becomes the word of the living God, other words, when you can apply this, when all hell breaks loose against you, you still can do it. You still can apply it. You are bringing a reality into this realm. And you are displacing, amen, a spirit. Or you are replacing something that is not of God nor like God. And God now comes and occupies. He says agreement. He said, any two agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. If a man's mind can imagine it, and if he can get others to believe in it, their spirits can accomplish it, nothing will be impossible to them. Now listen, you got to understand how it works. We live in a three-dimensional world. We have a fourth, fourth dimension spirit. Your spirit is a fourth dimensional being. 
living in a three-dimensional body. Your three-dimensional body is given to you to relate to this three-dimensional world. But you have a three-dimensional spirit, which is made in the image and the likeness of God, who is a fourth-dimensional God, lives in a fourth-dimensional kingdom, which have dimension over this realm. Does witches and the warlocks understand this greater than the Christian? You hear me say this all the time. They have learned how to use their human spirit to work miracles. Miracles is nothing but when the fourth dimensional presses upon the three dimensional and it brings a change. That's all it is. But if we don't understand that, which we do not, then we will never be able to flow in it. That's why they are disciplined. That's why they do meditation. They do all these things uh, that is taboo to the church to get you to never develop your human spirit. And so if your human spirit is never developed, you are going to struggle with believing. Trust me. You're going to have problems believing because to believe is to believe something that you cannot see. And to believe something that you do not see, if you don't get in that word and allow that word to get in you and step out in it, you will never experience your deliverance. You'll never experience your victory. You'll never experience the miracle that God has for you. You'll never experience it. Turn to some, here's some, a scripture just come to my mind. First Peter chapter, first Peter chapter one, verse 22. Turn there, if you will, in your Bible. Get up on the screen, if you will. I'm going to show you something. The re, I'm sure something, us preachers, we have hurt you. A lot of us have hurt you. I'm going to tell you how we have hurt you. We have hurt you because we have created an atmosphere of dependency. We have created an atmosphere for you to depend on us and you not dependent on Jesus. Notice, if you will, 1 Peter chapter 1, 22. Since you have purified your souls, how? In obeying the truth. What is truth? Reality lying at the basis of what? An appearance. What is truth again? Reality lying at the basis of what? An appearance. One more time. What is truth? Reality lying at the basis of an appearance. So what always comes forth first? The appearance always comes first. And what happens is you respond. The moment you respond to the appearance, uh, you bring its reality in existence. Uh, uh, are you hearing me? He says, since you have purified your souls uh, in doing what? Obeying the truth through what? The spirit in sincere love of the brethren. Love one another fervently with a pure heart. The key here is uh, your deliverance come by obeying the word, baby. Your victory comes by obeying the word. Everything comes by obeying the word. If you just do the word, and here's the problem. Here's the problem. When you get ready to do the word, then the circumstances situation say you're crazy. Now, what's happened? There is a war that is going on. There is a battle that is going on. Here is God telling you to do the word, but here's the natural circumstance. Are you crazy? You're stupid. That don't make no sense. If you do that, what's going to happen to you? You're going to lose everything if you do that right there. That don't make any sense. So that's what the problem. So what you're doing, you're struggling with what God said, and you're struggling with this, what you see. Here now, you're living between the realm of two realities. So one of the two you're going to produce. One of the two you're going to come in agreement with. And the one you come in agreement with, you release its possibilities. You want to know why we struggle now by marriages? We struggle now by marriages because you got two people of diverse opinions or imaginations. <laughs> 
they don't see eye to eye. See, see, I, I'm, I'm going to show you something. You, you know what I'm saying? See, see, you said, when you don't see eye to eye, that means this one sees things from a perspective, and this one sees one thing from a perspective. But both of them is real to each other. What she sees is real. What he sees is real. And so why? It's based on their reality. What is real to them, what is true to them. But somebody got to be lying. One of the two. Because either one is going to be standing on the word and the other is not going to be standing on the word. Now you're going to understand how this thing operates. So Satan produces illusions. And illusions can never be produced when there's truth. Illusions only can produce when there's carnality. He only can propagate carnality. He only can bring about illusions based on carnality. So if my nature is carnal, then he can produce an illusion within me to cause me to believe that this is right, this is true, and so therefore my wife is wrong. When if she's more spiritually inclined, then he cannot produce an illusion in her because she's based on truth of the Word of God. Uh, 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 are you hearing me? So that's why there's a bumping, of, there always be a bump in the heads because somebody is living in one realm of reality and another is living in another realm of reality. But which one is predicated upon truth? Which one is predicated upon the Word of God? Now watch this right here. You can also, you can also, you can also validate why you believe what you believe based on this, but yet not spirit-led. So I can make this I can make myself believe what I believe and find a scripture to validate it. But yet it is not spirit-inspired or spirit-led. Are, are you hearing me? I'm trying to help you today to understand how Satan manipulates us and deceives us. So we're going to break through. This is the last one. This one, Before we got, listen, we only got another month. We got to, listen, we got to believe and stand on what God has promised. And listen, it's up to you and I, amen, to bring it forth. It's not up to, listen, it's not up to God and it's not up to Jesus. God has already done everything he's going to do. Jesus has done everything he's going to do. It's not up to Jesus. It's not to God. <laughs> listen, when he rose up upon the day, before he was on the cross, he said it was what? Finished. Everything he was ever going to do has already been accomplished. So let me share something with you. This is the time that you and I begin to believe in and make a, make a decision. I'm going to go all the way. And before this year is over with, God has promised us some awesome things, some powerful things. Uh, but it's up to you. It's up to you. Not up to God. It's already been done. He got you in some situations. I'm going to listen to you. Understand, sir. He's also a spirit of darkness. How he operates, he moves in the realm of darkness. And please listen to me. And one of the reasons you can never produce the realities of God is because there may be some darkness. And Satan moves in the realm of darkness. And he cannot, he cannot move in light. Light exposes him and he loses his power and authority in light. And the way, amen, you move in light is by confession. Confessing what has been done in the dark, you confess it. When it comes to the light, he loses his strength and his power. That's why he want to manipulate you, amen, to hold on to pride and to hide, amen. He gained momentum and strength. I can pray, I can fast, I can quote scripture, but I can never bring the reality of God into existence in darkness. Are you hearing the Holy Spirit up in here? So I need to make a decision. 
I want everything that God promised me for this year. And I'm not going to leave out of 2009, amen, without it. But I can, I can trick myself all I want to if I'm moving in darkness. I have gave Satan strength and momentum. And I'm going to produce the realities of Satan and not the realities of God. Are you hearing the Holy Spirit today? Now, we don't want you to be tricked and manipulated. You got to do something on your behalf. You got to do something. Are you hearing me? Mark chapter 3, verse 25. It says, if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. So what is that? A divided house is because of opposing realities. No one is imagining the same thing, so progress has ceased. Now, I know my wife don't mind me saying this. When we first started the ministry, every time I noticed that we were getting ready to make progress, or God is leading us a, a certain direction, then the enemy would break out against my wife. And, and, and I would say, where is this coming from? Now, when the enemy broke out against her, he was causing her to see things from a certain perspective. Now, if I'm the man of God, God has given me a vision, he's going to speak to me because I'm the visionary. Are you hearing me? So he's speaking to me, and I'll, uh, we'll move a certain, uh, towards a certain direction, and the enemy will come, and it usually has something to do with our personal relationship. Are you hearing me? To slow down the progress of God from a kingdom perspective. And over the process of time, I can't remember, I said, haven't you noticed a pattern? That every time we get ready to shift or get ready to do something, I said, haven't you not noticed a pattern that the enemy will begin to come and bombard your mind concerning me? Because he knows where I'm getting ready to go, where I'm trying to take you, trying to take this family, trying to take the ministry, and the enemy will come. Thank God that God has blessed her and opened her eye, and she's able to see. She came to me and said, I see it. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. But it, but, but, but it's at the constant talk to her and share with her and share with her and share with her, and her eyes begin to become open. And now instead of fighting against me, now she fight with me. That is the two coming into agreement on earth. And such as anything that you ask, it shall be done for them of the Father. Uh, are you hearing me? So, 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 you gotta understand, it's easy, it's easy for you to flow by yourself. But it's another thing to get somebody else to flow with you. It's difficult. Are you hearing me? But if that's why, that's why, that's why the Bible says, if any two agree, if any two, cause he know, he know that it's not gonna be that easy for two people on earth to agree. Are you hearing me? So that's why there will always be warfare in your mind against your authority because the enemy, amen, do not want you to come in agreement with your authority because he knows there's going to be progress, not with the authority, but progress with you. I'm going to show you through the scriptures, all through the word of the Lord. I'm not going to have time to get there. I'm going to show you all through the word of the Lord. When God, now watch this, here's the progression of God. God is taking the children of Israel out of Egypt and moving them towards the promised land. He has a man to lead them into the promised land. There will always be somebody to lead you into your promised land. But the enemy wants you to operate independently of who God has chosen for you to lead you into your promised land. Pride won't operate independently and say, I got this thing. When God never set up a system for you to get it by yourself. None of us to get it by ourselves. But he set up systems of relationship to help us get to our destiny. 
But the enemy will always war with you to abort the relationship before your time and your season. I'm going to tell you, I've been there. That's why I know this thing. I've been there. I understand the warfare in your mind because I've been there, the warfare in my mind. Are you hearing me today? Notice what the scripture says here. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. Do Satan know that? Do Satan understands that? So he understands that. He understands if I can just get you divided. Watch this right here. Watch this right It's really not getting my wife to be divided against me. It's really trying to get my wife to be divided against God, against me. That's what you understand. See, see, because if I am a legitimate husband and a legitimate leader, so the goal is to get her to uh, come against some, not me, but God who established me. To come against me is to come against the God that established me. Oh, are you hearing me? So then I'm touching God, not the husband. I'm touching God, not the pastor. I'm touching God, not the preacher. I'm touching God. Satan understands that. So therefore, let me get you to think differently. Moses had a brother and a sister that was a part of his leadership team. And they flowed with Moses very well. Then one day, one day they allowed their personal bias. Something caused them to see Moses in a different light. Then one day they said, does not God speak to us like God speaks to Moses? And they had an issue with the man's wife. Who was that? That was Satan. Satan is going to always look for a dimension of carnality somewhere in you to try to bring that dimension of carnality up. To cause you to be deluded so you can be divided. You got to understand this. So the question was, so they had some issues, but they had, they had some issues, but the issue came out, they had a problem with the, the wife he chose. That's how the enemy will always come. See, if there is no carnality, then he have nothing. Let, let me give you another scripture that wasn't, wasn't in the message. Let me see if I find it. I think it's Ephesians chapter 2. Do you have time today? Well, this is our last day. I need you to get this. Did you get it? Go to Ephesians chapter 2, if you will. Let me show you how this thing worked, ladies and gentlemen. Now, here's he, the man of God, he's writing to Christians. He's not writing to sinners. Ephesians in the Bible, in your Bibles, if you will. A lot of us has been tested. I heard the man of God get up. He talked about how God got to say, God is testing everybody. When I say everybody, everybody. He ain't leaving nobody out of this. Because you got to understand something. Why is he testing us? God is test. God will never test you just to test you. God, like he ain't got nothing else to do. But God is planning for promotions. God, God, God have some position. He has some promotion. He's trying to get somebody into it. That's why he got to test you to see if you qualify. Because God is going to take the church some places that the church have not been before. Are you hearing me? 
and a lot of and a lot of pastors is frustrated and a lot of pastors is aggravated. Can I tell you why? Because we know what God has spoke to us, but we see in something different. We know what God has revealed to us, but we listen. I see what you heard, what you said. I see what you showed me, but I'm looking at this. So, so even the pastors is struggling and battling between two realities: what God said, and they listen to the people. What God said, and listen, oh God, you sure? He cannot lie. The church appeared to be in a mess. We got to watch what we're talking. Because we're talking what we see and not talking what God has said. He's coming back with a bride without spot or rancor. He can't lie. But the way it look, God got a lot of work to do. But that ain't our business. He said he's coming back. He's going to give his son a perfected bride. So we got to start saying what God said. Believe what God said. And we got to stop saying what we see in. We got to stop it. Even with us leaders, we got to stop saying what we see in. God, these people, Lord God, the people, the people. Get your mouth off of the people. Get our mouth on God and God will turn and deal with the people. He will perfect them, he will transform them, he will renew them, he will change them, or he will send somebody. He got a church. He cannot lie. Are you hearing me? We got to start saying what God said, what kind of people we have. We have people that are of integrity and people of character. People of we, have, we have men and women that is blessed when they go out, when they come in. We got men and women that are the head and not the tail. We, we have men and women that is men and women of wisdom. Men and women that is righteous and holy. Men and women that is unified. Men and women of love. Men and women of peace. We got to start saying what God said and stop jumping into one reality and jumping out into another reality. Reality. God is testing us leaders. We got to speak. I don't care what you do. That's not, that's not the kind of people I have. When folks come up and say, I know God is blessing you. We got to live in the reality of God. Ephesians chapter 2. Let me see, can I find this verse of scripture, if you will? Ephesians chapter 2. Let's look at, if you will. <laughs> I got this new Bible here, so you know I don't have it marked, so I got to look for it. <laughs> and when you have a mark, you can go right, right there to it. Let me see where. Let me see. Lord, show it to me, Holy Spirit. Go to verse, if you will, verse. Ah, uh, God, where is this here? Let's go to verse 10. Let's go to verse 10. But I want to get this in the Amplified if I can. I know I'm looking right at the verse. I know I'm looking right at it and looking right over it. Let's go to verse 10, if you will. Okay, let me see. Ah, ahead of time. We should walk in them, live, live in a good life. Go to verse 11, if you will. I, I, I need us to find, I got to find this particular passage of Scripture. It's going to help us to understand exactly what is, what is, what is going on with us. What is going on with us? Okay, let's go down to, if you will, now verse 12. I'm looking for this particular passage. Maybe my wife can help me out. When the Bible talks about how we once walked uh, in the 
verse what now? One, two. The powers of the air. Da, 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 da. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Thank you. Two and three. Hebrews two, two. Ephesians two, verse two and three, if you will. Put in the amplified version. Ephesians two, two. And verse 3, I want to show you something here in the Word of the Lord. You've got to understand how this thing will operate. It's an amazing that we live in the reality of two worlds, and yet we still have a dimension of two worlds. Our bodies in a three-dimensional world, our spirit is a fourth-dimensional fourth world. But look at this right here. In which at one time you walked habitually, you were following the course and fashion of this world. Who is the God of this world? Satan. What, this world is the three-dimensional world. We once walked there. We once lived in the strength of this right here, influenced by this. Watch this right here. You, want, you were following the course and fashion of this world. We're under the sways of the tendency of this present age. Following the prince of the power of the air. You were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that still consistently, constantly works in the sons of disobedience. The careless, the rebellious, and the unbelieving who go Against the purpose of God. Goes against what? The purpose of God. That's how you operate. The moment you operate in this, you goes against the purpose of God. He understands that. So let me get you to believe in this right here. Once you do, you go against the purpose of God. Nobody has to come against you. You automatically goes against the purpose of God. Go to number three, if you will. Watch this right here. Among those who we as well as you once lived and conducted ourselves in the passions, in the passions of what? Our flesh. And the passion of what? Our flesh. You got to come to the place that you discipline yourself, that you stop allowing yourself to be influenced by the passions of this. This thing still is alive. And this right here keeps you in the reality, amen, of this realm. It says here, and the passion of flesh, our behavior governed by our what? Corrupt and sensual nature. Obeying what? The impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind. Our cravings dictated by our what? Senses and our dark imaginings. We were them, we were then by nature children of what? God's wrath and heirs of his what? Indignation like the rest of mankind. And that's his trick. When you get caught up in gossip and backbiting. You easily offend it. It still reveals that you're living in this, in this realm. In the passions of your flesh. And you don't understand. You just replace God. Every time you respond to your flesh, you replace God. And Satan now occupies the throne of your heart and God no longer occupies. Because this is the law of replacement. And that's what you don't even understand. And that's why Satan is good at deceiving. He's good at lying to you, tricking you. It has nothing to do with what people do to you. It's your, my, your responsibility and my responsibility is to do the word of God because you've got to understand something. The dictation of your sensual nature is still in operation. You activate it every time you yield to the impulses of it. Are you hearing me? Some of you all are dying physically. Not because just you replace. It's because... Uh, your, your very lifestyle is dominated by your sensual nature. Your very lifestyle. You eat the wrong things, dominated by your sensual nature. You drink the wrong things, dominated by your sensual nature. You, you get into activities that's dominated by your sensual nature. Some of you are dominated and controlled by pornography. That's your sensual nature. And, 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 and your deliverance is not something that comes laying hands on you. 
Your deliverance is obeying the truth. When you walk this thing out, it replaces that God of pornography and replaces it with the God of holiness. Are you hearing me? It's the power of decision. Somebody said the power of decision. I'm not going to be able to complete this here tonight, but I need you to look at some things. Go to Genesis chapter 11, if you will. Genesis chapter 11, let's look at verse 6 in the word of the Lord. So the moment one believes, he comes into agreement. And every time you come into agreement with anything or anyone, you produce a reality. Positive or negative, you're producing a reality. Are you hearing me? Now, God, God, we've been teaching on prosperity lately, and we were talking about the widow woman. When the widow woman, when she gave her all, the little two mites, Jesus said that she gave more than all of the rich people that put their money into the pot. Now, what this woman did, what she understood, what this woman did, this woman activated a realm of reality that the, even the rich people did not live in. When she gave those two mites and gave her all, she activated um, a dimension of the reality of God for God now to become her source and her provider. He had to take care of her because she gave everything. When she gave everything, she had absolutely nothing left over left over. And by having nothing left over, it put God in the position to become her source in her all in all. And very few people in this realm will ever, ever, I'm sorry, Christians, will ever, ever tap into the greatness of God because we're afraid. And God is testing all of us concerning money right about now. Are you hearing me? We give 15% of our income to missions every month. Ever since we started this mission, we started with 10%. We went, uh, and maybe about after three years of ministry, we went to 15 We have never ceased that till this particular day. And, and things have been tight with everybody. Are you hearing? Matter of fact, we do more of that because we're still committed to the ministry that we've been committed to. We're still committed to it. So therefore, our income kind of went down. So therefore, but our, our mission still stayed the same. So we probably at 20, 25%. That we are, we are still faithful and loyal and committed to till this day. Even though in the natural we can't afford to. But I understand the principle. You can't, we cannot afford not to. Uh, 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 are you hearing me? That has sustained us and kept us. I don't care what the situation looks like, whatever the case may be. God has been real good and going to continue to be good. Uh, are you hearing me? Now, we're getting ready to, we're getting ready to in, in, uh, embark upon another dimension. You see, God is always trying to put you in a position for him to supernaturally move on our behalf. He wants you and I to live in the reality, not of this realm, but the reality of heaven. Now, we're getting ready to enter another realm. Now, we're getting ready to enter, embark upon the new year. And every new year is, 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 is what time? First fruit time. It's first fruit time. And now what happens is, because of the economy, things are going. Now people are really going to get challenged. People are going to really be tested. First fruits, amen. That's my, and I don't care what, I don't care what you read. And I don't care what, uh, uh Paula White tell you. Amen. Some of y'all want to, want to, want to cheat your way out of a blessing. Because pa- Paula tells you, you can give, amen, your first hour. Uh, uh, you can give your, your first minute or whatever the case may be. No, it's your first paycheck, baby. My first paycheck and Catholic first check, check, get out of here every year. Every year. So we trust God. Someone said we trust God. Now, we don't make nobody do anything. We, should, we preach the word of the Lord to you. Genesis chapter 11 and verse 6. Now, this is a situation. This, I think this is very interesting here. And the Lord said, indeed, and these are sinners. This is not Christians. These are sinners. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one. And they have, what I want you to do, I want you to get that in the King James Version. 
version. I like the King James in this particular uh, passage of Scripture more than the uh, New King James. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. The people is what? One. They have what? One language. That means uh, the leader is saying one thing, and everybody is following the leader. Are you hearing me? And one language. And this, it, and this they began to do. And this they began to do. And nothing will be restrained from the nothing. Not, not, this is sinners. This is, this is not crazy. Nothing will be restrained from them. Now watch this right here. Here these people have come together in agreement. You know what they did? When you come in agreement, it's your spirit. Come in agreement with your spirit, your spirit, your spirit, your spirit, your spirit. You know what it does? It, it, it calls you to ascend beyond this realm and nothing, nothing can stop you. Money can't stop you. Demons can't stop you. Nothing can stop you. Here's a perfect example of sinners. Watch this right here. And they began to do. And nothing will be restrained from them which they have what? Imagined. Which they have what? Imagined. Which they have what? imagine to do and that's the power the power ladies and gentlemen is right here in the imagination when you imagine see you see if what's right i can say come in agreement with me i agree with you that you should ask the person what do you see if they can't describe it then they're in agreement because to be in agreement is to imagine the same thing that if you imagine it, that means now you will now have tapped into the fourth dimensional realm. It is possible now. If you have not imagined it, then it's not possible. Possibilities comes in the imagination. And that's why, that's why you need to discipline yourself. Because you can even imagine the wrong thing. That's what they did. And it still will come to pass. Because that's you got to understand how your spirit is made. Is to have dominion over this realm. If I can just get a few people, if I get, if I can just get two people tonight, that will come in agreement. If I can just get two people from United for Christ that will come in agreement. If I just get two people from Rivers that will come in agreement. If I just get two people from Panama, I don't need five. I don't need a thousand. I just need to agree. Yes, yes. It says, it says, listen, listen, listen. Any two agree, any two agree on earth. If any two that would agree, any two would imagine. Any two. Just like it was with Moses, the enemy came against the people. They imagined one thing, Moses imagined another thing. To slow the progress down. Don't let the enemy slow you down. Listen to me. The blessing is in the direction that God speaks. If we understand biblical order, and please listen to me, we've got to get the biblical order because there's always going to be the testing. There's always going to be a trial. There's always going to be an enemy that's going to come against an Eve, against an Adam. The enemy is going to make you think that you're losing out because you ain't the leader. Everybody can't be the leader. One God, one, one head of the Godhead. That's the Father. Jesus is not jockeying for position. Jesus is not trying to take the Father's place. He's satisfied with being the Word. And the Holy Spirit is satisfied with being the Holy Spirit. He's, he's, why we can't be satisfied? Are, are you hearing me? When you know your place, when you know your position, when you know you, you, you play a role, you are important. But it's ultimately goes to get us divided. 
And I see people make, make shipwreck of their lives. And, and, and the sad thing about those preachers, we see it, but they don't want to listen. And we see they're getting ready to make shipwreck. We tell them, but, but God told me. God told me. God told me. I've seen it over and over and over and over and over and over. I was in a meeting in Atlanta, Georgia one time. And this is the first time that God had me to prophesy openly to a pastor. I never, usually he had me to prophesy privately. I was, in the, I was ministering and it was a pastor. I said, stand up, sir. Are you pastoring? He said, yes, I'm pastoring. And I gave him the word of the Lord. It was a, it was a hard word. It was a hard word. And, and, and Lord gave him some things that if, 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 if certain things doesn't divinely line up, that uh, God was going to shift him. To make a long story short, when I came back to Atlanta, the minister at this preacher's church, I said, what happened to that preacher? I said, you know, I said, you know Lord, he never did that before, uh, to me before. I said, but I know when God deal with me openly with some of the preacher that something is getting ready to happen. They don't make the right decision. He said, the preacher ain't preaching no more. Just like you said, the word of the Lord, it came to pass. He's long to pass. He stopped pastoring, whatever the case may be. God gives us warnings. So, 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 therefore, he gives a warning for us to make the adjustment. Don't get mad at the preacher. I mean, the preacher is nothing but an instrument that God is using to tell you. Get mad at God. Let's get ready to close. Notice if we will. I'm not going to be able to finish this. <laughs> it's so much. It says, what do they imagine? And I like this in the Amplified. It says, and the Lord said, behold, they are one people and they have all one language. And this is only the beginning. This is only the beginning. This is only the beginning. This is only the beginning of what they will do. This is only the beginning of what they will do. Sound it to me whispers this right here. You know where I made the greatest mistakes as a pastor? I like seeing everybody blessed. I really do. That's just my passion. I want to see everybody blessed. But there's an order. Jesus didn't gather everybody. He gathered 12 men. And from that 12, he poured to the masses. If we don't do things in biblical order, we're going to continue to miss God. There's an order about everything for you to be blessed. Where I make my greatest mistakes has always been, I want to try to take the masses. When I first started this ministry, I never took the masses. I got a handful of people. And I developed them, started developing them in prayer, intercession and warfare. I spent time, my quality time with them. And we developed a strong foundation. And God began to build. When I violated that principle, got away from that principle, I started doing a lot of traveling. When I violated that principle, that's when things start dissipating and start dying. He's a God of divine order. And God is calling us back to order. And please listen to me. If God is dealing with you, if God is speaking to you tonight, because he's going to give all of us an opportunity tonight to make a decision what realm of reality that you want to live in. We can make the adjustments tonight. And we can move forward tonight. But the imaginations is one of the key things. I want you to think about it. 
want you to think about this right here. Somebody imagined that they can get on the moon one day. It started as an imagination. They didn't know how they were going to get on the moon, but by the imagine it, it caused a ripple effect in this realm. God had to raise up scientists to create engines of, or, or whatever the case may be in, in, in space suits. But one imagination connected, connected us all different kind of spheres and people in this realm. When they imagined to build a tile of Babylon, what began to happen? Somebody was good at mortal. Somebody was good at bricks. Somebody was good at making the, the imagination releases the creativity in order for it to be accomplished. Are you hearing me today? God has given you a dream. God spoke to me a few weeks ago. I began to allow my dream to die. He said, I want you to begin to dream again. You know why we allow our dreams to die? Because we're looking at a reality that is not God's reality. Are you hearing me? He said, I want you to begin to dream again. Somebody begin to imagine that a man can fly like a bird and he built an aircraft by an imagination. When everybody said it was impossible, but somebody believed it was possible. I'm trying to get you to see something today. Somebody imagined that man can get around, amen, besides walking and on a horse. And they imagine a motorized vehicle getting there from one point of destination to another. And it is so today. Whatever a man can imagine, it can be so. Will you take the limits off of God tonight? I'm asking these pastors, what can you imagine concerning your ministry? What can you imagine concerning your ministry? Will you limit God because you're looking at everybody else's ministry on TV and around you, the case may be, when God wants to do something that other body on TV and everybody around you is not doing. It takes our relationship with him. To expand our imagination. God is trying to replace Satan. That's what the kingdom is about. When Jesus came out and cast out a demon, he said, the kingdom of God has come unto you. That was a replacement. That was one reality exercising dominion over another reality. Will you let the reality of prosperity dislodge the, the reality of poverty and like? God said, I shall supply all of your needs. According to his riches, I was sharing panorama today. I was in St. Petersburg over the, uh, over the holiday, and we turned on the television that Sunday, uh, that uh, Thanksgiving morning. It was a preacher was on. He made the statement, and, and I like the statement. He was he bring out the scripture in, in, in Philippians four nineteen. He says the reason the church church living lives in a state of limitation. Paraphrase what he said. It's because they focusing on a need. 
He said, God never designed to supply a need. Because he's a God of abundance. We folks are going to need, we go to God based on a need. And we limit God based on a need. When he made your heir of God in a joint heir with Christ. We limit him. So when you pray to God, you pray to God based on a need. When God don't want to supply your need, He really wants to supply you with His abundance, which supersedes your need. Are you hearing me today? Now, what are you going to do? Those of you that is unemployed, what are you going to do tonight? Are you going to displace unemployment with employment? What are you going to do tonight? Are you going to replace sickness with divine health tonight? What are you going to do tonight? God is trying to get you somewhere. 